supposed to do or how it doesn't who has, work who, who has the force uh so let me see if i understand so what we know is you can a person can have the force the force through um, hereditary means right you know if you have a parent who has the force usually that gets passed down through the generations like like the sky yeah, i don't right? think it's ever failed to pass down i think the force gene might be a dominant gene because uh-huh. like anakin and padme padme wasn't force sensitive but both of anakin children turned out to be force sensitive good point yeah. yeah it's a good point and then the parent may not be force sensitive but the child could be so that's also an option right yeah for example ezra bridger as far as we know. Yeah, I don't think Ezra's we were ever afraid of yeah. more sensitive. So. Right. Now, is has there ever been an example of, uh, let's say, an offspring? Well, let's start with the parent. The parent is force sensitive, but then the offspring may not be as strong in the force as their parent. I don't think we've seen that I don't example. Think that's ever happened. Yeah. I don't know if we've had that kind we of We might example. have to search the legends books. Right. And now we got Sabine. Okay. All right. As weak in the force as they get. Yeah. And Sabine, as far as we know, no one in her family line has the force. She does not have a strong connection to the force as well. Yeah. So my question is, and the same question as last week, why does Ahsoka want to train Sabine? Exactly. What does she see in Sabine over, say, Jason? Yeah. Even though well, Jason's older, Jason, yeah. he's a third of Sabine's age by now, probably. So you'd think Jason would be at a more ripe age to receive Jedi training, right. especially given the fact that Kato was Force-sensitive and a dear friend of Ahsoka's. You'd think she'd have priority to Jason, especially because, you know, it would be assumed that he's Force-sensitive. Whereas with Sabine, nobody ever said Sabine was Force-sensitive and nobody ever even hinted at it. Yeah. So this is really sudden. It is. So let's get into it. So that's our conversation. All right. So we're going to talk about episode three of Ahsoka called Time to Fly, directed by Steph Green, written by Dave Filoni. We are Father Son Galaxy. I am Kerwin. This is Keith. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're returning to the live stream, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. Uh, thanks for being here. We hope you would uh, stay with us for the rest of the, the to the end of the episode. And if you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button right now. Hit the like button. But we're going to talk about episode three. Okay, here we go. All right. So let's talk about the beginning of the episode where we see. It's a very Sabine. short episode. It, it, well, yeah, we can start there. Incredibly. Yeah, yeah. It is a short episode, right? Um, let's talk about. Sabine's training. So this reminds me so much of that Rebels episode, right? When Sabine was getting trained Trials of the Dark Saber. Yes, right. Trials of the Dark Saber. So that was season three, episode 15 of Star Wars Rebels, right? Kanan is the one that is trying to train Sabine on how to use the the Dark Saber, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have not seen that episode, we highly recommend it because it is absolutely... Uh, it, it is one of you know one of the best episodes in in Rebels because you get to know so much about who Sabine is you know you you you, you know about you know her wants her thoughts her feelings about who she is as a Mandalorian and the failures that she, she thinks she is to her family um, mm-hmm. you know she's got a terrific backstory about you know working for 
you know, growing up in the Imperial Academy and working for the Empire and then deciding to become a rebel. Wonderful story. And all that is brought up in that one episode. So I highly recommend that. So that is season three, episode 15 of Rebels called Trials of the Dark Saber. All right. So again, Huang is, you know, training her with different forms, different techniques on how to to handle, well, she's using a stick, but, you know, how to handle a lightsaber. She's not even good at using a stick. Right. And Huang, you know, is not afraid to say once again that she is probably well, the worst. Huang's like, you tra- are the most yeah. awful Jedi. The Jedi Order would never have accepted you. Right. And, you know, Sabine took it to heart and said that back to Huang. Yeah, well, you said I am the worst Jedi you've ever, or the Jedi tra- trainee you've ever seen. And then Ahsoka, you know, had no idea this was said, and she looked at Huang. And, and, like, and she's did like, you Hu Yang, did you actually? Did you say, really say that? And, uh, Hu Yang, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you can't you can't say that. And he's like, it's true. Yeah. But it's not like Ahsoka disagrees. She didn't say, oh, she didn't Sabine, say, that's not oh, true. Sabine, that's, she wasn't like, that's not true. You Huang know, is being he's difficult. Being, <laughs> he's she, being a jerk right yeah. now. You know, that's not true at all. Sabine's just like, why would you say that? Yeah. You know it's true, but why would you say it to her face? So you know what Ahsoka's response was? She said, it doesn't matter. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, so it's something, Ahsoka is seeing something in Sabine that maybe we're not seeing. She does. I mean, we're the audience. Usually we see something that the main characters know. Yeah. She really, she can sense or, or she really has confidence that Sabine at some point will unlock her potential in the force and that she'll be able to do a lot of the things um, through the force you know why though like why is she putting so much faith in sabine when she never showed any force sensitivity yeah i I just kind of assumed that soko was training her on how to properly use a lightsaber right but it seems to be more than herself but she's training somebody who's not force sensitive to be a jedi Yes, that's correct. Uh, and then there's a conversation that Huang and, and Ahsoka had on her ship in regards to how the Jedi Order even goes through the criteria of choosing someone to train. And if Sabine would have been brought to you know the Jedi Order or to the uh, you know to to you know to you know, the Jedi Order, they would have looked at her and said, Well, there's no way we're going to train you. You have no connection to the force. And what he's saying is that's how it worked. That's the standard uh, that has been proven. That was proven. how the Jedi worked. Yeah, that's that's been a proven for a millennium, all right? Um, but Ahsoka claps back and says, well, they failed. Now, I don't know if that's a fair statement as far as, you know, I mean, we know her history with the Jedi how they oh, failed. Oh, the Jedi her. did her dirty. Well, right, but it had nothing to do with training. It's not as if, you know, the Jedi had no idea how to train young ones, right? I think they were actually... She's just kind of salty about the Jedi. Yeah, but I think she's being, being upset for a different reason. Oh, for the wrong reason. You know, what she's upset with, right, like you said, she has a history with them. They didn't support her when she needed the support. They didn't get back with her after the entire, you know, but, saga of the 
accusations happened. Like when she was she was accused of murder and nobody was on her side except Anakin. Right. And no one cared until right. it was over and then they're like like Fraser like good news. It was just a test. Yeah, right, exactly. Are you sure about that? Well, I it but it had again nothing to do with how she was trained because she was trained by the best. Anakin Skywalker was her master. So she can't say that the training failed. I think what she's trying to get at is she's just trying to find a different approach to um, choosing who to train and who not to train. It, it just seems like a, a uphill battle to train someone who doesn't have the force. You think that would be the qualification to train. Like you have to have the force, show you have connection to the force before you get trained. Yeah, pretty Here much. it's the other way around. Yeah, so it's, it's very unusual. Okay. And there was it's, that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Where she tried to use the force... <laughs> Yes, go ahead. Where she tried to use the force to lift a cup yes. and failed repeatedly. Yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that would, that's a very good. What are they doing? Well, now, I'll be honest with you. When I saw this scene, right, and I saw she's trying to move the cup, I was saying to myself, I hope she don't move the cup. She better not move Me cup. Me too. I don't want her to move that cup because I didn't want it, it to be. It just destroys everything Rebels ever did for Sabine. Well, no, I, I just, you know, if they're trying to, you know, sell us the idea that, she is connected to the force. She just needs to find it. She's not. Or, well, Keith, if she is trying to find, well, uh, you know, of course, you know, we've said before, this is something that's been said by many Jedi. Ahsoka said it, Kanan has said it. The force resides in all living things. So that includes Sabine. Yeah, technically it does. That doesn't mean the force manifests in all living things. Understood. Like, Think particle accelerator. When the particle accelerator exploded in uh, Earth Prime, some people got superpowers, others didn't. Okay. That's the thing. You know, the force, or even think think like inhumans. Some of them had dormant powers, and they were unlocked by the Terrigen Mist, and some of them didn't have dormant powers. Okay. So... You know, it's just kind of like the force isn't everyone, just takes something certain to unlock it. Yes. But maybe Sabine can't unlock it, and I wouldn't be surprised if well, she could like if if we went with the if we went the path of least resistance or path of most resistance at this point, where Sabine turns out to be force sensitive and the cliche where there's that fight scene and the main character gets beat up and then iconically the other main character steps up and uses the force in their t in the main character's time of need, or something like that, or just during a fight scene. So, okay, well, so getting back to the cup, I I was hoping that she didn't move the cup because I didn't want that to come easy. Yeah, you know, if she has to unlock it, it's going to take time. So I'm glad that she wasn't able to move that cup. Mm -hmm. All right, Can I wish we got the entire season. The, the entire season to see her. Grow into the no point. the entire season to watch it the judge. Well, okay. Oh, you mean like get all the episodes all at once, like yeah. Netflix? Okay, all right, I got you. Look at like a Netflix drop. All right, so let's go to Q and A. Let's see who is here. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. Thank you so much. Welcome back. I love that they made the cup seem like it was Sabine's opponent when she told it. You win this time. I like that. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty good comment. Meanwhile, the non sentient cup Dallas. staring back at Sabine. Yeah, okay. Dallas says, thank you. It's always great to listen to your analysis and comments. 
Dallas, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's go back to our episode. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to talking about a character that we brought up last week, right? We were saying, okay, yeah. where is Jason Sandula? And he's he finally here. Yes. Okay. And Lego did him wrong. Okay. Talk about Lego. Now, this so, is not the first time Lego has done this. Yeah. By the way, Lego is notorious for releasing spoilers in their sets. The only reason I figured out Atuba was going to be in Wakanda forever is because I saw a leak on the Lego website. And I saw the promotional art with Jason Sindula with brown hair. And I noticed there was this short kid, and he was always with Hera in the Lego promotional art. So I'm like, that's got to be Jason. It was Jason. We saw him this episode. But they gave him brown hair, and they gave him the Ned hair piece instead of the green hair we see him with. Yeah. Now, why does Lego get away with that? Because, I mean... Not as a big spoil because we know that Hera has a son. Well, the sets are supposed to officially release September first. It's just promos. So how did you? So you, where did you see the promo? You went on their website. I went to the Lego Reddit page, the oh. subreddit, and I saw a banner for Ahsoka. I see. And it had uh, Jason Sadula. Then I went to the website to the Star Wars page, mm. and they had. Did we just throw Reddit under the bus? <laughs> I didn't throw Reddit under the bus. It's the Lego Reddit. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I don't know how they I like get... Reddit. Yeah, well, no, I understand. I don't know how It this... depends on which forum you dip your feet into. Yeah, I don't There's know how this information gets out, but it is it is a spoiler, you know. It, I, it happens. It seems to happen every single time there is a Lego tie-in with a Marvel film or Star Wars, but spicy for K-action. Hey, guys, new sub, loving the channel. Thank Thanks, you so much. Thanks, spicy 4K. All right, I love that. I love 4K. that. I love the like name. Caught in 4K. All right. 4K camera quality, which we have. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, producer. Woo-hoo. All right. Jason Sandula. All right. So we finally get to see Jason Sandula. I thought he would be a little bit older, but maybe my math is off. So yeah, he looks to again, be, what do you think? Eight, nine years old, maybe? Probably about my age. Because remember, okay. we saw him, I think he was about three or four when we first saw him in yes, uh, Battle was... of Endor in the post-credits for Rebels. True. That's right. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So here's something that's um, heartbreaking because, you know, all right, we're going to go back and talk about the Senate meeting, but let's talk about Jason Sandula when he comes out and he meets his mom in the hall. Chopper is there. And, you know, Jason's so excited. He hears that Aunt Sabine is going to be a Jedi. And, you know, Harris says, well, how did you hear about that? Of course, Chopper, you know, with his big mouth, you know, he told told everything. And then Jason says to his mom, I want to be a Jedi. And the look on her face, you know, you can understand why. As We a mom, know exactly why if you see the Yeah, letters. right. And, you know, she says, you know, she just pats him, pats him on the head and says, I know, I know. I don't think she wants her son to be a Jedi. Right, I wouldn't either. For obvious reasons, considering what yeah. happened to Kanan. Yeah, and then of course, you know, just want to backtrack. You know, in case you don't know, that Jason Sandula is the son of Hera Sandula and Kanan Jarrus, a Jedi Knight who actually uh, lost became he was a hero. You know, even before he lost his life, but he um, saved the Ghost Crew. You know, so he sacrificed himself. All right, so he is no longer around. He's one with the Force. Um, but Hera still has feelings about what happened, you know, and 
if he was not a Jedi, you know, maybe he would still be here. You know, he wouldn't try to, you know, save everyone, you know, with using his force powers. So as a mom, I, I can totally understand why. It would have been a smarter move to get up on the ramp of the ship and then push the force back from there. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So that way once you once the flame once you're done fanning the flames, yeah. you know, you can just back up. Right. Yeah. And then but, the ramp can shut. But it is what it is. That's what happened. That's 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 the story and you know, Kanan is gone. Why? Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, I, I know. It's that's very hard to 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 talk about. But yes, as a mom, she is very cautious about her son becoming a Jedi. Which we had that as a question last week, and I'm you know we were asking, well, why why wouldn't Ahsoka want to train Jason? Because Jason, maybe we, that's we, why. Yeah, that's that's probably exactly the reason but, why. But far be it from Ahsoka to keep someone's potential away from them because of familial ties. I mean, the exact same thing happened to Anakin. Shmi didn't want him to become a Jedi, but she told Anakin, you know, trust your instincts. Do what feels right to you. And he did. Yeah. And he became a Jedi and he paid for that. So I'm sure I'm sure that was passed on to Ahsoka. So I don't mm-hmm. know how she took that. It kind of depends. Well, here's what I expect can happen. You know, Jason is very young. Okay. And of course, he's not going to be 10, 11 years old for forever at a point where he is an adult and he's ready to make his own decision he may go back to his mom and say you know what mom i know you don't want me to become a jedi but i want to be a jedi and i'm gonna train right now go ahead you're gonna say by the time you're 18 i mean that's what i was gonna get at jedi the jedi order would never have accepted you if you were five let alone three times that age well exactly so like i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do especially because if you're 18 you haven't unlocked your powers yet that's kind of an issue well right well okay sabine case in point because sabine is sabine's like 27 well right okay but this is amazing so the rule about, you know, the, the Jedi rule that you have to be very young, you know, two, three years old to start training. You have to be, if you have to be quite that, young so they can indoctrinate you. If you're older than that, exactly. Well, if you're older than that, then they consider you too old. Well, that's going to have to change, right? Because Ahsoka is now, you know, the, the new mentor. leader. Right, the new leader of the Jedi Order. So she can change the rules that she wants to. And it seems that she is changing the rule about age. Like, age should not be a factor. All right? Uh-huh. And meanwhile, Sabine. He's, Sabine's working on it. We'll, we'll Chuckles. Give her, we'll give her a break. Okay. Chuckles. All right. So that's Jason Sandula. Let's talk about the Senate meeting. You know, I the New Republic, you know, they, they never cease to amaze me. They're just, I you know, they're, they're just very strange. So we knew we were going to see the Senate, right? And yeah, thanks to the trailer. Yes, exactly. And Mom Mothma, as you remember, if you read Bloodline, a book that we highly recommend, Claudia Gray, um, after the fall of the Empire, Mom Mothma becomes the first Chancellor of the New Republic. So she is now addresses Chancellor, Chancellor Mothma, Mothma. Right. So she is there. She's right in the middle. And she's there with other senators. Now, they didn't give the names of the other senators, except for one, which means this person's pretty important. So the other person is um, Hamado Ziono. 
All right. Yeah, Ziotto sounds like a familiar last name yes, it to is. you. Right. You probably watch Resistance because Kazuda Ziotto, that's his father right there. Yes. So, yes. So, so uh, Hamato is Kaz's father. Correct. Right. Hamato Ziono is a senator from Hosnian Prime, longtime senator. And he actually survives the attack on Hosnian Prime, and yeah. so does Kaz's mom, which was happy. Right, which I still don't know. I didn't, never got a chance to really research how he survived. He, they were off-world, maybe, when... Probably. Hosnian, I don't think you yeah. survive the planet being vaporized by yeah. being on the planet. Now, I, we're jumping ahead, but Hosnian Prime eventually becomes the, the home planet for the New Republic, right? And in episode seven, The Force Awakens, that planet gets destroyed by Starkiller Base. All right. So in case, spoiler review, everyone, uh, in case you didn't know that. But apparently, uh, Ziano and his wife did survive. So he is a, a senator, like I said, a long-term senator. And he's taking the stance as, uh, well, we don't need to go after Thrawn because Thrawn is dead. We're wasting our time. You, Hera are trying to find a way for us to approve you to go find your friend Ezra Bridger, right? So that's what he's pretty much coming from, right? Um, which is ridiculous. If someone, you know, a, a general in your, you know, government comes to you and says, well, we believe there's a threat that's happening. Don't you, as a senator, want this threat investigated? Exactly. Yeah, right. So, like, it's your, it's on your hands. And exactly. It's not if something with. happens, that's right. That's exactly right. It's your fault. There's going to be an entire fallout if something goes awry. Yeah. So wouldn't you want to prevent that as quickly as possible? Yeah. So I, like I said, you know, this guy has, you know, has been a senator for a very long time. Of course he has. But I don't trust him. <laughs> um, so I can see him now. I know he's a canon character and there's already a backstory maybe as to who he is and what he's done. But they don't necessarily have to keep that same storyline in the series, right? I, yes, so they do. There's a reason the why the series is also canon. Yeah, that's right. They can, they, you know, they can, you know, tweak it a little bit. But there is a reason why they have addressed this character by name. I believe this character is going to be playing both sides. So he is going to be a senator. Yes. But I think he is about greed and about money. And he is going to take whatever side is going to fatten his pocket, to be honest with you. So if that means the, the New Republic, or it could be the the, the rise of the, the, the New Empire, I think he is probably in Thrawn's pocket. Or he's working with Morgan Elizabeth. I so think you're reading my... too much into this. Oh, okay. Well, tell me. What do you think? I mean, it was, I think it might have been just kind of an offhanded reference to the character because, you know, we do that in Star Wars and pop culture a lot. But um, I don't think I don't think that it's going to play in that much. He barely had any speaking lines and he wasn't really a focal point of the conversation. So I don't think he's going to play that much of a role. OK. All right. Only because, like I said, there are what besides my moth, but five, I think there are, okay, all right, four, five total, right, four, five, two on each side, right. The other two, the other three, well, well, other the, two, well, the other two, two the, the, the senators, there were, there were radio two that were silence. human, right. 
who did the speaking. And then there was, uh, I, you know, don't remember the creature, you know, with the like multiple horns, um, had no speaking part whatsoever. All right. The two humans on the other side. They did all the talking. They did the talking, right? There was, you know, uh, one uh, senator that says, well, you know, the, the empire is gone. What are we worried about? There's no war. We don't need any weapons. And then the other one was very more, you know, more diplomatic. Well, you know, we understand what you're saying, General Sandula. You know, let's take this and, uh, you know, take this behind the scenes and talk about it and discuss. Um, let's discuss. But they mention Ziano's name intentionally. And I don't think it's just because, you know, for this just this one scene, I think he really has something to do with, you know, bringing Thrawn back. I think he is working with Morgan Elizabeth. If you remember from last week's episode. So Elizabeth has really nothing to do with this. I mean, honestly, I really feel like this was just sort of a reference. Okay. Because it's it's a bit of a stretch. Okay. I mean, this one dude who we saw in that one Senate scene is working behind the scenes with Morgan Elizabeth to do whatever fat this pockets, and he's and he's in Thrawn's corner. I, like, I, I, I do think so. I, and I, I if really he's do. in Thrawn's corner, Thrawn's quite powerful. I highly doubt he'd be able to escape. So... Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense how he survived. You remember, the if you remember, like if you remember in episode two, all right, when um, Sabine and not Sabine, but Hera and Ahsoka went to uh, Krillia, right, to check out that facility yeah. that was creating these hyperdrives, and the gentleman who was in charge of you know the the, the hyperdrive mentioned that. Or it might have been the droid that said someone received high security clearance, okay, to create these hyperdrives, all right, okay. and to have it on their location and to put them together and to take them away. Someone gave them permission, someone from high up. So to me, that has to be somebody like a senator who would make that kind of decision. That's the reason. Okay. Why. Yeah. So. You got it. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't have to agree. You know, absolutely not. Okay. All right. So you don't think um, Ziano is really has a, a no, big role really. in this? Once again, kind of like an offhanded cameo. Yeah. So just a cameo. Okay. Like a, a, a Easter egg for people. Oh, by the way, Hera yeah. schooled the senator. She's like, "Have you ever been to the war? Right. Or just sat on the sidelines right. to see whoever won." And he got quiet, right? Because he had. And that was the last. Him. That was the last time he spoke. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. So. You know, that's an art. That's an art that everyone should be well versed in. Mm -hmm. Dissing senators with no repercussions. That's right. That's right. He really couldn't talk about the experience of war because he's never been a part of war. All right. Okay. Anything else we want to talk Q about, that, Senator? Okay. Let's. Yeah. Let's get to Q and A. What do we have here? Michelle, you want to read that? Yeah. There was a high-ranking Senate character in the Star Wars Bloodline novel who was working to bring back the Empire. Can't remember who. So Bloodline would be taking place around the time of now, give or take, Bl like a few years. Yeah, it's a few years. Because Mothma would have already been Chancellor, so you figure this is after the Battle of Endor. Yeah, this Not is way much, after, so. actually. Yeah, well, this is maybe 25 to 30 years later, actually. So it's a few years before The Force Awakens. So, in other words... Somehow the New Republic got their act together and they were able to stay in power for a very long time. 
That's All amazing. Right? Which is amazing. Like, you know, I'm surprised they didn't crumble after the first right. day. Yeah. So at some point, so, and that's probably because of Ma Mothma, you know, her leadership. Once Ma Mothma right. stepped in and said, everybody get this act together, right. get this show on the road. We are air marshals and we are acting like children. This entire, this entire operation is just awful. So, yeah. Right. And Michelle, yeah, I, I don't have the name of that that uh, that person as well. I have to go back and look. I'm thinking Christofo. I'm not sure if that's the character. Google. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else we want to talk about? We're done with the Senate. Done with the Senate. OK, so let's move on. All right. Let's talk about. All right. What? is going on in this episode. All right, so we talked about Sabine, we talked about Ahsoka. What's their mission, okay? Now, um, we uh, see Ahsoka and and Sabine, they're on the ship. They're looking for Thrawn. They have a location, and they get into a dogfight. You know, like, it's a great space battle, all right? And we see Shin behind... Uh, yeah, it was a great Kylan space battle, and yep. it turned ridiculous. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Ahsoka channeled their inner Leia, went for a nice stroll in space, uh, you yeah. know, to slice apart some ships with their lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can say, you know, it it did get a little cartoonish. A I little... don't know what happened. That we had a very we had a very nice grounded fight scene. It was cool. We had all the ships. And, you know, the heroes didn't have some sort of magical plot armor advantage. And then Astoka stepped out for a stroll, and I was like... Yeah, I, I just thought it was very interesting. Yeah, you know, by the I way, was Huyang expecting... shut down, because I think he got shot or something. Right, yeah, there was an explosion on the ship, right? And the ship lost power, and I yeah. think he was a casualty, but no, he was fine. Oh, yeah. he came back. He yes, was, right. He's alive. So yes, that's they, correct. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he's like he's thousands of years old. we got to keep this old relic alive. Yes, he does. Yeah, right. <laughs> are you talking about me or are you talking about No, me? not you. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Hu Yang. Hu Yang. Okay, yeah. By he's the a way, character. Uh, some droid facts. L337 from Solo was an activist who went, who who was like so for droid freedom, and after she was destroyed, they put her consciousness into the mainframe of the Millennium Falcon, forever trapping her in that ship. Back next week with more disturbing facts. <laughs> Wait a second. So, <laughs> so you are you against the idea of her them using her? No, mind? I think it was I think it was a good idea. I'm just yeah. like I'm questioning the morality of that decision. Well, they get to keep her her memory alive. But at least she's like, she can't talk though or move, so she's just kind of stuck there. Okay, all right. I, I thought it was a pretty cool thing. Right. You could have at least duplicated her mainframe and then like put one chip into a new droid. Like this is something that that's something that Fee yeah. does all the time. She just keeps copies of her droid's memory and puts that memory into new droids. Did people just forget how to do that? I hear you Like R2 knew to do that. That was he was smart. I see. Okay. But I, everyone else is just kind of like, "Yep, my droid's gone and he's gone forever." No. If you ever have an important device, and you want to keep it alive, back up your data. 
Just, just back up your data. Okay, Keith. All <laughs> right, let's go to Q and A. All right, well, who do we have? All right, Michelle says space is so good. Reminded me of Plo Koon's Clone Wars episode where he fought outside of the ship. So this That's... seems to be a fake. So do you recall this episode? No. Okay. All right. Now, that's interesting. I'm glad I you brought that up. I blocked it Mich- out of my memory for that reason. Well, I'm glad you brought that reason. up because I, I was thinking, okay, I've never seen that happen in any animated series. You know, know, someone jumping out, you know, jumping out of their <laughs> ship and, and, and fighting, you know, with. Um, imagine, imagine the confidence um, it yeah, takes, com- you know, to just go for a with your space walk. Yeah. For a walk. And slice well, up ships. At least from outside the ship. Yes, but at least you're really you're really hating from outside of your shuttle when you do that. Yeah. If you're so upset with these people that you're willing to get out of your vehicle to settle your issues, well, it was a distraction. So she was trying to divide time for Sabine to fix the ship. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Uh, but at least she had a, a, a pretty cool suit, space suit, you know, I'm glad and a helmet, and a specially designed helmet, you know, for a Laku. Yeah, I'm. I'll say something awesome. Yes. Yes. I'm really glad she didn't just marry Papa's it and go. Well, right, that would have been different. And yes. you know, okay. figure it out yeah. from there. Right, we're not going down that road. All right, that was ridiculous. The fanatics I mean, blog says I'm just happy she went out with the suit on. <laughs> there you go. For a second, <laughs> exactly. For a second, I thought she didn't have anything on. That would have been uh, dude. Imagine that Ahsoka. Been interesting. Imagine Ahsoka just out there in space yeah, with, with just her room. Yeah, just being like, yeah. Sabine, yeah. Hurry up. At least she had the gravity boots, right? So she, you know, had you know she could. Remember that awesome move she did, where like the wings gravity. were turning and she slid under the wing to get inside. Yeah, that was pretty nice. The shin was firing at him. Right, that's good. Yeah. I, you know, it's. I think it was interesting. I, by the way, unnecessary maybe. Shin but. and Balin and Elsbeth, the main villains of yes. the show, they're not doing very much villaining. Balin showed up in one scene at the very end, and Shin was on screen for like five minutes, and Morgan Elsbeth also had one scene. Well, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say something about that. I think they're actually doing very well. Because they're doing you, well as villains, but they're not making many appearances. No, yeah, but I like how they're being used, especially in this episode. If you know, now, now think about this: they had three ways. They actually split up, right? And they were trying to find ways to make sure that Ahsoka. Oh, by doesn't the way, get Merrick through. was there too, the uh, Inquisitor. Yep. Allow me to address the rumors oh, for a minute. Well, hold on. Ezra hold Bridger on. No, is not Merrick. Hold up on that. Let me just finish one more. It's not possible. Hold up on that. We're not, you know, we weren't going to cover that, but okay. Wait, just give me this minute. So I liked how they split up, okay? Um, how they had Shin and, you know, the, the, the Inquisitor. Merrick. Right. Trying to go after them, you know, in a, a space battle, okay? And if that didn't work out, then you have Morgan Lisbeth on her uh, uh, hyperspace ring. Elspeth you know. had a hyperspace ring. Isn't that what it's called? Well, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. I right. just forgot that was a thing. There was that one part in Tack of the Clothes where right. they had that hyperspace. Right, and it's actually pretty cool, right? So Hawaiian was breaking it down, so it's a hyperspace, hyperspace ring that's under construction. It's equipped with six hyperdrive engines. And they're installing a seventh one, so this thing is going to be powerful. Yeah, like, remember they, they used to going. be there used to be like hyperspace slaves during the time of the High Republic exactly, that were raided yeah. by the Nile. Very good. Yeah, how they tie all that the time. 
that's that's also how they tie it into the High Republic, right? And this thing can go so fast. I mean, it can skip through galaxies. Maybe it's that fast. Who knows? And that powerful. But anyway, so she's there. You know, uh, you know. Okay, well, if he if she gets if Ahsoka gets through this dogfight, well, I'm here to stop him. That didn't work either. And yeah. So Ahsoka. Sabine, oh, and by the way, we saw the Pergil. Yes, I was going to get to so. That. Okay. Thwarted Ezra. If I could just finish. It's it's all right. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. The Pergils looked awesome, didn't it? Oh, they did those Pergils right in live action. Yeah. Right. Yes. And they were even shrouded in clouds, and they didn't look, like, goofy. There's this one shot in the Flash, the very last shot of season one, and dudes, dudes running like... Like Except his eyes are like spaced out, so there's this six inch gap between each eye, and he's like, "Who is this?" Flash, Barry Allen. Why are we talking about the Flash? Because he looked goofy. Okay. My point is, a lot of sl- a lot of CGI scenes where we get a close up of Flash's face, he yeah. looks goofy. Okay. So compared to the Purgle, which looked awesome, is what you're saying? Yeah, the Purgle were. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We got Ahsoka in the back right there. Yep. Raising the lightsabers. Yeah. Partying. Yeah. Right. Celebration. Right. So I Star Wars. It's funny to think that I was concerned about how these Purgles were going to look in live action, right? Because yeah. I saw them in, you know, in Rebels and I said, Oh, it looks pretty the cool. Purgles were actually a very intricate design, which yeah. is much easier to animate because animation can look lifelike, but it doesn't have to look lifelike, you know? Like if you want to get animation to look lifelike like Rebels did, you can. But since everything else in that world is not real people, it can be animated in a style that's more creative than having to make it look real to fit in with all the other very real people in the galaxy. Okay. Because in animation, the Pergils were much easier to create rather than seeing them in live action. So now that we see the Purgles, we know that they're getting close, right? The purple Purgles. Yeah. They're, they're just like the purple pickles. They are right there. So they now they land on the planet. And who is there waiting for them? Balin Skull, right? They're gonna have fun next yeah. episode, because hey, that's man. where it ends. And that's that's where it ends. And then right before that, Balin says to his people, go hunt them down. I was Outrage. I am so looking forward to episode four. This is, you know, this, this Dude, episode it can't four get is here gonna fast be enough. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, episode four is going to be a blast. I was outraged. This episode was a half an hour. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll see Thrawn in episode four? Likely so. Yeah. I don't know. Considering I, four is the halfway point of the show, we got to really get the ball rolling yeah. with getting Ezra and Thrawn back. Yeah, I think because they're this close and that they're now, you know, they've Yeah, it would make sense plan- for us to delay it another episode yeah. unless four and five end up being like a two-parter. Um, now, unless they moved Thrawn to some other location, I don't know. Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. Unless yeah. four and five end up being like a two-parter, like yeah. a continuation of each other. Yeah. Like four ends on a cliffhanger and five picks up right where they left off. And then that's when they get Thrawn. Yeah. And Annoying, then Ezra, okay. but I'd be fine with it. All right. Let's go back and talk about your theory about who the Inquisitor is. Yeah. Which is all not true. Merrick is not Ezra Bridger. It's impossible. Right. Yeah. If Ezra Bridger was Merrick, yeah. 
and they had found Ezra, they would have found Thrawn by now. Think about that. Like, yeah. Ezra and Thrawn were in the same place, and Ezra would not willingly work for the very people he sacrificed himself to keep from ever ruling the galaxy. He took out one of their prime generals, and now he's working for the he's working for them. He would change sides that quickly with no possible motivation. Yeah, there's just no way that I can see Ezra going after Ahsoka and Sabine. Sabine? No. Exactly. No. Ezra would never yeah. go after Sabine because they were best buddies. Absolutely. Like they were they were some of the closest members of the ghost crew. Ezra was close with everyone of the ghost crew. And Ahsoka, Ezra and Ahsoka bonded over the use of the force through Caden. Because they all became like a power trio for half a season. So, I don't know why Ezra would willingly work for the other side. And brainwashing is not really a thing in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is. You can, like, knock people out, but... You can't, you can't brainwash people for as long as we've seen Merrick on screen. It makes no sense why he would do such a thing. Yeah, it's not so, Ezra. No, no. I, I don't absolutely even know why not that Ezra. even came up. But that's Who just came up with that ridiculous. theory? Well, rumors just start to spread. But I, Fanatic's blog, has, blog had a good point. This Inquisitor looks pretty tall. Ezra's not a tall person. Yeah, Ezra's yeah. like so it's, average it's height, and he's average. also a kid. Well, I mean, there's a few years but now. He, he was 18 when he did the whole Thrawn thing. Okay. Because he was 14 at the beginning of Rebels, agreed. and each season is yeah. a year, so he would have been 18 at the time. Just barely legal. So, and he's now what, what 22, 23? Um, about. Given the fact that that was like one BBY, I'd say. Or one AB, well, I don't know. Okay, all right. It would have to be before um, Yavin and Endor, so. Okay, all right. Because that would explain Thrawn's absence from all three. Right. So it's probably been about, what, 10 years, give or take? Uh, so, given the fact that Sabine was 16 and she's 27 now, Ezra is 25. You know so we don't seven years. We don't have to guess anymore. We have that timeline. Yeah, I know. Right? Okay. So, I mean, but I'm going off of Sabine's age because yeah. she's 27. Well, right Sabine now. is a slightly older than than Ezra. Yeah, she's older yeah. by two years. Oh, only two years. Okay. All right. I can see that. Okay. All right. Um, I just think this uh, is it. Merrick. I don't know why I can't get this. Yeah, Merrick. 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 Yeah, M A R O O K. Okay. I just think he's an inquisitor. I mean, it, uh, does it matter? I think who it's. He I know. Is? I know. Well, I think it does because he's wearing a mask. I think that's what's you know, have people intrigued. But Boba yeah, Fett wore a mask for many years, and nobody really you know thought to you know, well, what does he look like under that mask? Yeah, but most nobody inquisitors cared. wear masks, or most inquisitors don't wear masks. Actually, I think the few exceptions would be like the seventh sister and the eighth brother. Mm-hmm. They're some of the only Inquisitors I've known to wear masks, but like Fifth Brother, Grand Inquisitor, Third Sister, you know. Yeah. To me, this but, this Inquisitor is just another Dark Jedi. It's probably no one we even know. I don't know, like the yeah. 13th Brother or Sister. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. All right. I think we covered it. It was a short episode, just like you said. I mean, this... 
Our podcast was longer than the entire runtime of this Ahsoka episode. Yeah, so uh, again, we're looking forward to episode four. Uh, Let us know if you have any, um, if there's any more Q&A that we want to uh, bring up. Um, But in the meantime, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, One, we want to thank you all again for helping us reach 1,000 subscribers. We did it! Awesome. That is wonderful. Uh, we're going to find a way to celebrate that. We're still working on the details, but once we have it, we're working we'll it out. Know. We're working it out. You know, just we're probably to... going to go out to dinner. Well, I wasn't referring to us. Yeah, personally, it's something that we were going to do with, uh, you know, with um, our, our listeners, our YouTubers. You know, we'll, we'll we'll come up with something. But thank you again, one thousand subscribers. So awesome. Um, a friend of ours. Uh, she is a friend to the show. We've had her on. Uh, once before, her name is Catherine LaSalle. You know, if you know Catherine, she has, she's an actor. Uh, she also has her own YouTube channel. Uh, but she is working on a new project with a writer and a filmmaker named Olivia Celine. Um, and it's a short film that they're creating called Colored River. And what they're doing is launching a seed and spark fundraising campaign to kickstart the, the film. All right. Uh, what they want to do is raise $20,000 and reaching that goal means that they get to do all kinds of great press. And it's also uh, puts them at immediate 90% of the way of greenlighting the film and bringing to life the amazing works of super talented artists of color. All right. We would be, you know, father, son, galaxy are going to contribute and we are be grateful if you visit the fundraising website and to consider giving okay qr code is up above your screen yes please scan it yeah donate yeah if if every one of you guys donated a dollar we'd have five dollars right so donate okay thanks please all right uh so the website is colored river i just thought of something awesome yes however much our viewers donate we can match it that's an idea we'll see We'll see about There's that. an incentive. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Okay, I can see that. We'll see that. All right. So, if you're interested, please donate. So, it's the website is coloredriverfilm.com. Right? You see the QR code up on the screen, coloredriverfilm.com. All right. And then, just to give you uh, just a little synopsis of what the film is about, it is uh, conflicted by a violent past and a captive to a dark family history. A writer is driven to a natural lens to complete her final piece. All right. Sounds something like misery. Who knows? Okay. Is that a movie or like misery? Yeah. Well, it was a book by Stephen King and then it was turned into a film. Stephen King. Stephen King. You've heard that name before? It. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Doctor Sleep. That's the one. That's the one. All right. And then the source of my nightmares. Okay. <laughs> and look what we have, right? Came in the mail on Tuesday because it dropped on Tuesday. We've been talking about this book for a very long time. It is finally here. It is Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view. All right. There's 40 fireworks. St- 40. Yeah, this is Endor. You know, beautiful cover. 40 stories celebrating 40 years of Return of the Jedi. Uh, we are big fans of this film. Well, I'm a bigger fan. You know, uh, you heard me I'm talk about. I'm a way bigger fan. It's my favorite. You've movie. heard me talk about Return of the Jedi. It's not my favorite film. It, it was for a very long time, but that's I, a shame. I have it's, it's it has a special place in my heart. Um, so I cannot wait for this book to come out. 
I'm not sure how we're going to cover all 40 stories, but I, we're going to figure something out. I don't know. We'll, we could pick we'll, our we'll favorites. Yeah, we could. You know, we could probably do like, like maybe you pick five. five. Yep, there you go. You pick five, I pick five, and then we do a top ten. But the, the, the point is we would have to read all 40 stories. So get ready. <laughs> all right. So Summer reading. Except let me know if you have the book. You know, if anybody picked up the book, if you started reading it, what do you think so far? Let us know. All right. If you have the book, you're a true fan. Yeah. Yeah. Because absolutely. it came out yesterday. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there you go. It did. All right. And then um, if, you know, we're waiting to see if there's any more Q&A. But Keith, at, at this point, can you let us know? Where people can find us. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or socials or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Violence and Galaxy. Website, FathersandGalaxy.com. Scan the QR code to donate to the Colored River Project. You know, help us out for every donation you guys make. We'll take the total and we'll match it. <laughs> oh, the producer is loving this. All right. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll have to figure out how... You know what you could do? If you do decide, anyone who's listening or watching, if you do decide to contribute and you heard about it from our uh, from our website or, or from our podcast, let us know. And then, you know, we'll, we'll tally. And by the, the way, like, email us. Yes. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Anything else? That's it. Okay. All right. Check out our page on yeah. the Star Wars website. Yeah. We're, we're on the socials. You you know where to Please. find us. We have a website, email address. You... Fathersandgalaxy.myspreadshop.com. Right. Check that out. Right. Okay. Buy and then merch. we do have Storytime and May Show that's coming up very soon. Yeah. Right? We also have a Lego build that we completed uh, a few weeks back, so we'll drop that. And then we got other things going on, you know, so you know, we'll continue to keep busy. Okay. All right. So thank you so much. Again, this was a short episode. Uh, because episode three was a short episode. So um, if there's any final comments, I am going to go get the book now. Thanks for that. All right, Fanatics well, Blog. Yeah, let me know uh, what stories uh, pique your interest. Congratulations again. Well-deserved. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. It you know, really has to do with you and all of you. Um, so we enjoy what we're doing. And you know, I'm glad people are starting to recognize us and, and, and know about us. So all right, on to the next thousand subscribers, right? 2000. 2000. All right. All right. So if that is it, everyone, thank you so much once again. We'll be back next week. Until next time, take care. And, and we will see, see you again. again.